0: Welcome to the Rainbow Connection.
1: The podcast where we discuss the works of Jim Henson, and this episode, the 2015 television series by ABC, The Muppets, period. We apologize for noises that might make way into this episode. I think our neighbor is doing some renovation, and we have thin basement walls, apparently.
0: Yeah, it's real loud.
1: Can't tell if it's picking up or not, though, so if it's not on here, good for you guys. We'll just deal with it. So, Nathan the muppets period the muppets period
0: yeah so this is the tv series that was made by disney following the release of the rebooted muppets movie yes in
1: which is also just called the muppets but not with a period really annoying branding choices here
0: (laughs) yeah it's kind of weird
1: Uh, It's not weird. This is really common with reboots. And this is uh, something that one of the podcasters I really like, Alex Shaw, discusses a lot is every time they do a reboot, he just insists we call it the thing. But in this case, the Muppets is just the name of the property. So you can't get away with that. Like we could add subtitles like, like the new movie is... The Muppets, let's get the band back together. And this TV show is The Muppets, but now everyone's an asshole.
0: (laughs) Yes, this is not a great show, but we'll get into that.
1: It's not. Maybe you guys like it. We didn't have a great time with this.
0: Which is weird, because I actually remembered enjoying the first couple episodes the first time I watched them, which was a while back.
1: Probably at its release. But at this point
0: watching it again, I got significantly less mileage out of it than I did the first time.
1: See, I think the... F- I, I thought I liked the show more than I did, too, uh, but I'm pretty sure the episodes I saw were actually later in the series, and there's a reason I might have liked them more. Okay. I did the research this week, and apparently... The last six episodes, they got a different showrunner and essentially rebooted the series halfway through the first season.
0: Interesting.
1: So, I don't know, maybe the episodes I saw were after that point. If you want, I can get into who was doing these things and why I think that might affect my opinion. To clarify... We watched the first two episodes because we felt like we should have a little bit more than one episode of the thing to run off of, even though I'm pretty sure I could talk about just the first episode for an hour if I needed to. There's
0: a lot of material out of that (laughs) first episode.
1: We wanted to give it a chance to improve, though. Mm-hmm. The first episode is not always necessarily the best example of a thing. Although, this isn't technically the pilot. The pilot was a 10 minute pitch given to ABC that got released on YouTube, but you can't find anymore, so we didn't watch.
0: So, the premise of this show is that it's not really a reboot of the original Muppets show from, what was it, the 70s?
1: Yeah, this is actually yeah. not the only television it, show, though. There yeah. was another one like in the 90s. So it's not... It's not one of those.
0: ...involved in... In related to any of the earlier Muppet shows, it's it's uh, a reboot that essentially turns the Muppets into an office comedy in the style of like The Office or Parks and Recreation. A mockumentary. A mockumentary, and it's set backstage of Miss Piggy's like solo late night show where she's the diva who everyone in the office is afraid of and needs to make her happy, and Kermit is the executive producer who's in charge of keeping her happy, even though they've just broken up, and that's like a point of conflict in the first few episodes.
1: Fozzie is the co-host, uh, Electric Mayhem yeah. is the house band, and Pepe and Rizzo are like head writers. So, everyone's got a role. Um, I We didn't watch this far, but apparently Ralph runs a bar nearby where they hang out after show sometimes.
0: Sweetums is like a janitor. He shows up in the background a lot.
1: Bobo is stage manager, apparently. Like, that kind of stuff. Ever Everybody's got a, a job on the set Which is a pretty interesting take Like definitely the behind the scenes Mockumentary style Like getting into the lives of these people While they're making the show thing Excellent premise for a Muppets thing Oh yeah. Great concept, great update And you can still do the fun celebrity cameos and stuff But it doesn't have to be traditional talk show It can be like narrative comedy mm-hmm. Involving these characters So that's like a really good idea yeah. Aces
0: There is more Love than it. enough potential in this premise To get an entire show out of and have it be funny
1: Oh yeah it could be great
0: It could be, but it's not. It could have been
1: great, I tell you.
0: (laughs) So the first episode, like most shows, it features an A-plot and a B-plot. The A-plot revolves around Miss Piggy doesn't want Elizabeth Banks to be the guest on the show that weekend for some unknown reason, and she's adamant that she does not want Elizabeth Banks anywhere near the show. And Kermit doesn't know what to do about that. And the B-plot revolves around Fozzie being introduced to his human girlfriend's parents... Who
1: are horrifyingly racist
0: Explicitly racist against bears To a disturbing degree I mean the mom is polite about it But the dad is like really bad
1: Yeah, it's a choice. Uh, and the girlfriend is one half of uh, Garfunkel and Oates. Yes. Yeah, so the guest star on this one is obviously Elizabeth Banks. So one of the choices they've made is that it's going to be a lot more focused on characters individually dealing with their like own emotional arcs, which is an interesting concept, except for like, the Muppets are an ensemble cast, and when you try to split them off on their own and you don't have the input of the creators and puppeteers who worked with them for decades, you make really weird choices that are against character everybody feels a little bit off in this yeah this is Except for maybe like gonzo didn't feel as off but he's barely there so it doesn't really do count for much
0: gonzo. they is... also seemed
1: to have decided based on the two episodes we saw that kermit is the main character with miss piggy as the main conflict character and fuzzy is the secondary lead which is a choice nathan is just staring off into the distance like he's having a oh. war flashback about the show
0: no i just lost my train of thought and i was gonna say something and now i forget what it was was it
1: about how he's badly out of character? No. Was it about Fuzzy being the side lead character?
0: No, it's it something about How badly
1: racist the parents are?
0: No, but that is pretty bad.
1: <laughs> Let's just start from the description <laughs> of the episode. The culmination of the whole why Elizabeth Banks thing is Kermit broke up with Miss Piggy at an Elizabeth Banks movie.
0: Yes, because Miss Piggy was so absorbed in taking selfies with fans that they missed the entire movie and Kermit was angry and it was the culmination of lots of little things so he decides to break up with her. And <laughs> I'll give it this, that scene where they break up is actually really genuine. Yeah, Up until the punchline where Miss Piggy turns around and sees an Elizabeth Banks poster.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's weird. I feel like that moment would have worked better for me if I had, like, it's weird because I like these characters and I care about them, but in that context, I just didn't care. Like, up to that point, Kermit is, Kermit and Miss Piggy are both really mean in this show, and I just don't care if either of them are happy because they're just both being jerks.
0: The show seems to want to trade on the existing knowledge of how these characters relate to one another without doing any of the legwork to define them in the new context of the new show. So, like, we don't know how Miss Piggy and Kermit were with each other, because at the start of the episode, they're already broken up.
1: Yeah, and they're angry with each other. And they're
0: mad at each other the whole time.
1: And they're not completely in character from other versions, like we've mentioned, just because of how Disney's been handling things, that has been a thing that lots of puppeteers have complained about, and I didn't see it really. Before this. And man, yeah, it's weird.
0: Frank Oz went on Twitter. He, He hasn't really spoken up about the Muppets under Disney since they took over. But he went on Twitter a little while ago and talked about how he doesn't feel like the Disney writers understand the characters. And like he hasn't been asked to voice any of the characters he originated since they took over. And he just feels like they're not actually using them to their potential because they don't understand the heart of the character. And having seen this first episode of The Muppets, I believe that because they don't feel like the characters that we know and love from other properties.
1: Let's not say the whole thing was uh, deeply unpleasant, though. Like, there was still bits that were good. Again, we think the core premise is a great idea. Although I don't like that it's Miss Piggy's late night show and not, like, more of the traditional Muppet show. Like, to me, that's a better idea is the background mockumentary of what we remember as like a Muppets show like the Muppets show or Muppets tonight as opposed to this like updating it to a late night show I get why you think that's a good idea but also those things already lost relevance and you know it's a choice I disagree with it I'm not our show writer, obviously. But there were some jokes that hit. Unfortunately, they're making jokes all the time, and most of them don't.
0: The degree to which I laughed during that first episode is so small in comparison to the just sheer volume of jokes.
1: Yeah, like, there's a really early, there's a joke really early on in the episode where Bunsen is trying to get attention for some reason, and he just tases someone. And like, it's yeah. kind of funny, but it's mostly like, kind of dark. Like, it's a little bit too dark, because it's been like, the whole whole world has been set up as too normal for that kind of a thing to be funny Mm -hmm. in the same way. It's not like Beaker gets exploded and his face is all black and it's funny. He just gets tased and then he's on the ground and it's just like, okay?
0: There are a couple jokes that I appreciated. There's one where they're in the morning meeting, the same meeting where the Beaker joke happens. Kermit yells that they're having their meeting and can't remember which member of Electric Mayhem it is, but one of them is like oh this is a meeting and he stands up and he's like my name gives is Zoot. His, yeah it's Zoot and he's like my name is Zoot and then one of the uh, one of the other band members like grabs him by the shoulder and he's like not that kind of meeting.
1: Yeah like he's in NARC Anonymous or AA it's just that's a good one actually Wait, most of the jokes with electric mayhem
0: electric mayhem pretty consistently those, pretty, those are funny. Pretty consistently funny like the yeah. writers
1: just dealt with a lot of stoners but I, yeah. I think the electric mayhem jokes might be a little easier because they're not deeply characterized beings. They're just, they're stoner slash musician jokes. Like, in the second episode, there's a joke where the band gets turned acoustic, and they they say the song that they played was called, like, I'm Dying Slowly, or something hilarious like that. We wrote it today. And it's just like, yes, this is good. I like yeah. these. Uh, or there's a joke in the second episode where the solution to a B-plot is, just feed Electric Mayhem all the Girl Scout cookies, because they'll, like, pay you ludicrous amounts of money for Girl Scout cookies, because yeah. they're high. Also, Scooter says, legally, now. Like, (laughs) it's not a, it's not... like implicit anymore it's pretty explicit that they're stoned yeah which is i don't know i think that's a good way to update it and to like make it a little bit edgier and more adult is to yeah, just like funny. straight up say yep yeah, that's what's been going on this whole time that's funny yeah those... especially when it's scooter saying it
0: <laughs> those jokes all were the tom bergeron cameo is pretty good yeah
1: so because <laughs> they need to replace elizabeth banks so. they bring on or is sent out to the set of dancing with the stars and brings back tom bergeron hosting of Dancing with the Stars and he's jazzed to be on the show and Kermit's very polite about it and as soon as he leaves the room he like yells at Gonzo about going to an entire downstage filled with celebrities and bringing back Tom Bergeron and then he's like I can still hear you I'll still do it though yeah (laughs) like it is funny that they're poking fun at Tom Bergeron and that he seems like cool with it it was borderline a bit mean but I think it worked it works it could have been worse um I just think a lot of it comes off as mean
0: I mean I think it works because Because Tom Bergeron is, like, a relatively small star.
1: Yeah, he was probably literally just on the set over, like, the the day. Like, he's not
0: the kind of person you would expect to have on a big popular late night show. Yeah,
1: it's a good gag. So it it works. I just want to say, like, one of the reasons I think it feels a lot of the things feel mean, like, the characters and whatnot, is because they're trying to recreate... The Office, in a lot of ways, like, that's clearly the inspiration, based on just, like, a lot of the, like, <coughs> textual elements and all of the aesthetic choices, is The Office. But everyone in The Office is kind of an asshole. Like, everyone. Even the good people are kind of jerks on The Office. Whereas I think if you're doing with The Muppets, you shouldn't be going for The Office as your inspiration. Because most of The Muppets are, like, good-hearted, if kind of naive. Like, even Miss Piggy, she's, like, self-absorbed, but she's not, like, malicious, which she kind of is in this show. I think Parks and Rec is what you should have gone for because everyone on Parks and Rec is trying their best all the time. Everyone's doing their best.
0: Yeah, the Muppets work best when it's just they're these big over-the-top personalities that are being pushed together and they're not always compatible and that's where the humor and the conflict comes from.
1: Yeah, and I get wanting to focus on the individual lives a bit more. It feels
0: like it's written by people who do understand how Hollywood works and they're like applying that to the Muppets but the fact that they're Muppets isn't really necessary for what they're doing.
1: Yeah, it might be a better show if it if were the is, exact same thing but not the Muppets. Yes, yeah, this is
0: an original comedy more like 30 Rock where it's just like what's going on behind the scenes of this popular TV show and you get to see the like weird darkness of it and that becomes funny when you see it in that context that would probably work better than just using these beloved characters in ways that feel so cynical and mean and strange for what we know them from before.
1: Yeah, so let's keep on the positives for a couple more seconds here. Uh, when they're trying to figure out what the heck to do with Tom Bergeron, Gonza suggests a bit that's dancing with the Czars, where they're, like, dressed up as, like, that's Russian it. kings. That was the other good one. That's the best joke in this. And the, the problem is, that bit is great, and then Gon- Kermit is so mean about it, oh, which yeah. is not great. But the bit's good. I don't know why we didn't have like, that bit. It's so funny.
0: If it ended with Kermit just hanging his head and putting, like, doing a facepalm, would have been a perfect scene but he's like he lays into them and tells them how bad their joke is and
1: then later someone comes in and like like his new girlfriend who i'll get into that later comes in and like is making jokes and kermit's like well you don't have to make jokes every time you're in the writer's room the writers sure don't i was like that's really mean kermit like, that's not... Kermit's not mean. He's, like, exasperated and the straight man, and he's, like, doing his best, but he likes his friends. Like, he he's bad at saying no to bad ideas, honestly, mm-hmm. until things get out of hand. That's kind of one of the running gags, but whatever. They also do a good job with their celebrity guest stars, I'll tell you of that. I don't think the writing is always the best for them, but they're always giving their all. I can't yeah. remember what the joke was with Imagine Dragons, but I put two check marks next to it, whatever it was. There was a bit... Janice uh, is speaking to the rest of Electric Mayhem about their musical guest stars this week, Imagine Dragons, and she says, Do you know their original name was Imagine Dragons? He's like, It's still Imagine Dragons. Yeah, they didn't have to change it. That's great. (laughs) Yeah! That's really thinking, funny. I don't know why.
0: I was thinking of the later joke with Imagine Dragons where they invite Electric Mayhem to tour on the road with them and everybody gets excited and then Floyd's like, "No, wait. Animals not good on the road.
1: <laughs> Too many women." Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Too many women. Electric
1: Mayhem is the like the best part of this show and I don't know how that happened cuz they're not usually my favorites, but they're they're the only ones who are solidly they're, in character.
0: Yeah, they're great back background humor for this show and probably the best thing about the first two episodes so far them and weirdly josh groban who we'll get into in the second episode
1: yes yeah and elizabeth banks does well with her um she gets like she's supposed to be toured around the facility so that they can keep her away from miss piggy and she's funny they just don't give her a lot to do unfortunately the b plot we haven't discussed a lot of so Beef the first bear the first couple jokes in the B plot are actually pretty good by my standard when he's driving to the date at the parents' house. He says that it's hard for him to get dates because his dating profile says passionate bear and he gets a lot of wrong responses. And that's funny.
0: (laughs) That's a great, that's how you use the Muppets. Yeah. Like the fact that they're like bears and monsters and frogs is just so ripe for puns when put up against just like things in the modern era.
1: Yeah, the absurdity of the fact that they're just unquestionably animals and it's just a thing. Like that's one of the running jokes in the first Muppet movie, where the whole time Kermit is being chased by a guy who wants to kill him and eat his legs. And, or, well, he wants to, like, put him on a poster so that he can capture his, like, family and it's murder him and eat his legs. Yeah. Yeah. And that's absurd. That's insane. And he's just a sentient frog man, and that's not a problem. Like, that's the kind of jokes you want to do with the Muppets, and they don't really... They're trying? I think they're trying to with this, but they're also trying to make it a parallel for race, and I just don't think that's a great idea. Yeah. At least not a great idea beyond a couple jokes. And they just keep hammering it. So the second joke is when they're at the house, and Hugh's complimenting the food like you do, and they had salmon, and the parents are like, oh, of course you liked the salmon. The first time, and, and like... Fozzie gives it like a blank stare. That's the first time it's funny. Yeah. But they keep doing
0: it. They keep doing it. He tries to make small talk with them. And the dad makes some comment about how they're going to raise kids if they have them. And he's like, where are they going to use the bathroom? In the woods?
1: And then Fozzie's like, that is an offensive stereotype. And I'm like, it gets serious for a second. And I just, it made my skin crawl. Yeah, like the delivery
0: is always just just off from being a good joke delivery and this is something I noticed in the second episode a lot is that like even things that feel like they should be funny just aren't
1: and the thing is I don't feel like they're trying to say anything by doing this I feel like they just think it's a good joke idea and I don't really think you can do something like this without having some kind of a point at the end and there kind of isn't besides the girlfriend is like I don't care what my parents think But Fozzie still wants the parents' approval, which I think is out of character, because Fozzie's whole thing is that he gets up on stage regularly and gives bad jokes that nobody likes, and he doesn't care.
0: Yeah, there's really no payoff to this B-plot because he doesn't actually care what she thinks about him. All he cares about is what her parents think.
1: Yeah, it's not great. It's weird. Uh, I'll mention one more joke that I thought was funny to end this off. Uh, when they're introducing that it's a mockumentary thing, uh, Gonzo gets one of those like talking head interview things and talks about how he really doesn't like these talking head interview things and then switches the opinion dramatically in the meeting Yeah, about how he loves these talking head things it, that's funny. Because that's addressing the premise of the show mm-hmm. with a Muppety concept, and that's good.
0: Yeah, for a Muppets show, it's surprisingly not self-aware.
1: Yeah, it's not meta like, Aside enough. from
0: that joke, they really don't play with the premise or with the fact that they're Muppets like at all.
1: And part of the joy in of the, the Muppets? the form of
0: the show, anyway.
1: Yeah, a lot of the joy of the Muppets for me is how kind of crazy and meta it is and how self-aware it is because again, I'm going to go back to the original Muppets movie because I feel like that's kind of like top tier Muppets that everyone can agree is like an obvious symbol of good Muppet work is that the end of that movie is them making the movie you're watching. That's the kind of nonsense we need. And it's just not here. Before we move on to the next one, let's talk about Denise because we didn't talk about Denise.
0: Who isn't in the second episode at all.
1: No, she's just not in the second one. So we're talking about her in the first one here.
0: So, prior to the beginning of the show, Miss Piggy and Kermit have broken up. They like they start the show as a separated couple and Kermit has at this point already started dating another pig who is younger and hotter. And her name is Denise. And she works in
1: marketing for the network.
0: She shows up like twice in the episode and both times is just kind of there to like validate Kermit's feelings about Miss Piggy.
1: Yeah. So I don't think the core concept of Kermit having a new girlfriend is an inherently bad idea. Again, I think you could get some really good comedy out of that, but the good comedy you think that would come out of that is Miss Piggy's interactions with her and with them. And that doesn't really happen in this episode. I'm sure it happens later in the series, but at this point she wasn't being used for much. And I just don't really like the design. There's something about the puppet that just doesn't work for me. I think it's the eyes. The eyes are too far apart and she's too humanoid for a pig.
0: Yeah, they're clearly trying to separate her from Miss Piggy, but they do it in this way where like they're attempting to make it visually clear that this pig puppet is sexy in, yeah, a, in a
1: way but, but like you can't do it you... in the traditional like caricature way because that's when Miss Piggy is yeah. so she's like normal sexy which is weird and her eyes are too far apart which I don't know what that choice is and I don't know if this is something with the performer or with how they recorded it or something but I just never felt the voice and the performance connect with that character they just felt very disparate to me like I just didn't, she just didn't feel like a character to me so much as she felt like a voice and a puppet. And I just, I'm sure the puppeteer is fine. I just don't know what's going on with that character. Maybe it gets better as the show goes on. But as far as this first episode's concerned, I just didn't care for it. So anyways, episode two, the general plot is that, okay, so there's A plot and there's two B plots this time around. Mm-hmm. A plot is that Miss Piggy it starts off Miss Piggy's angry because she doesn't have a date for the People's Choice Awards so they set her up with Josh Groban and then she gets so involved in this relationship with Josh Groban she starts making changes to the show and like starts behaving really differently which Kermit doesn't like and so he tries to break them up and successfully breaks them up by the end of the episode we'll get into details later B-plot one is another Fozzie B plot where he is invited to Jay Leno's house for a party and then steals one of Jay Leno's candy dishes. Because Jay Leno is his idol. Because <laughs> he looks up to Jay Leno and then he feels guilty about it and then he gets invited back. Jay Leno in- tries to invite him to open for him on a tour and then Jay Leno admits so. that he stole a candy dish from George Carlin once and Fozzie's broken the candy dish at this point and Jay Leno finds out and then he gets kicked out. And then <laughs> B plot two is both the Bear's niece is trying to sell enough Girl Scout cookies to get a mountain bike, which is sweet, and he's trying to help, and he's trying to find a way to sell cookies, but this other guy from across the lot from the news network is... Getting on his turf and selling everybody cookies. And then he ends that conflict by selling them to the Autric Mayhem and getting enough money to buy her a Prius.
0: I liked episode two, I think, significantly more.
1: There's a lot more to like in episode two, I think.
0: There's more going on. I think they use more of the characters and they, the guest that they bring in brings a lot to the episode.
1: And he's there more. Yeah. And they're doing more of what I suggested they should be doing in the first place is how the relationships affect the show and like back and forth. There's more than one episode of the show that kind of (laughs) happens or at least is implied to happen. And it's interesting in that way. It's better. I don't think it, like, we're saying it's better, but, like, it wasn't so much better that we, like, ended the episode thinking, well, maybe it keeps getting better. We were just like, okay, we're done watching this now, good. Yeah, it was just, like, meh. Yeah, it was meh as opposed to, oh, God, we have to watch another one of these. There is a good joke to pretty much near the opening where, um, Fozzie's get because Fozzie announces that he's been invited over to Jay Leno's house for a party, and Gonzo's like, oh, you just ignore those scam emails. I keep getting one saying that my mother's gone missing in South America and she needs money. to get back home and then someone else is like wasn't your mother on a cruise in South America (laughs) yeah what's your point I haven't heard from her for a while. Hope I hope she's, she's okay. okay. <laughs> Which is funny. That's a good one. So, that does bring up the question of Gonzo's mom. <laughs> Which, I know the canon for the Muppets is not. There isn't one. But now it's just like, okay, did they have a Gonzo's mom puppet? Because I do like extra Gonzo's. Yeah. New Gonzo's are great. I love the Gonzo puppets from the end of Muppets from Space. I hope they just recycled one of those and bring them back as Gonzo's mom.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, the like opening joke to this episode, it starts with with uh they're like having some kind of production meeting and somebody breaks in and says they're at a code red and everybody starts freaking out because apparently code red means that miss piggy is angry and she's striking her fury at anyone who's close enough and then there's like an extended sequence where uh kermit and scooter yeah I'm sure. and don't it's remember his name of but the the guy who's the tailor The costume designer. I
1: don't know the name of the guy, but the blue beardy, some kind kind of of
0: sea creature, sea
1: creaturey thing. I know he's been in other stuff. Anyway,
0: in the show, he plays the costume designer, and there's like an extended sequence where Kermit's like asking about why she might be mad and whether she saw her dress size during a costume fitting, and he's like, "No, I'm so I'm too smart for that."
1: I've like knitted a web so she doesn't even know how old she is anymore. Doesn't even know how
0: old she is, and it's just like this kind of gross kind of sexist string of jokes about how miss piggy is like old and fat
1: it's really dismissive and cruel to piggy in a way that is like it's fine yeah. making jokes at her expense because of her like vanity and whatnot but i don't know they keep painting her as stupid and she's not stupid usually she's no just kind of, like, so not focused on herself. Like, there's a bit in the first episode where she, like, didn't read the script for the Hunger Games and she's acting, like, really dumb in a, like, audition. And it's just like, that seems weird. Like, she's not stupid. She's just full of herself and doesn't care about other people's opinions those are different character traits and they kind of conflate them in this show it's kind of a continued problem the Muppets have where they only like have one or two female characters like ever and there's like one or two more in this but one of them exists purely to be a counter to Miss Piggy as Kermit's new hot girlfriend and the only other female character I can think of was a female rat who I I don't know the name of but she's just a writer on the show which is good Like, yeah, have more of those. And Janice is great, but we need more female Muppets that are allowed to just be funny and not just counterweights to other characters like Miss Piggy. And then don't make fun of Miss Piggy in a cruel way. Just use her for her actual comedy. So this is my Mm -hmm. The Muppets is vaguely sexist rant for this episode. Oh, right. There's also this weird joke kind of early in the beginning where what is the setup for the gender is fluid? Because I can't remember exactly how it goes It's some weird response
0: Oh right, it's um So they're at like an emergency meeting Trying to come up with celebrities to uh, Set Miss Piggy up with So that she has a date For the People's Choice Awards And they're like throwing names back and forth And someone throws out Keanu Reeves And Pepe Says, basically says that He thinks Keanu Reeves is hot And everybody pauses, there's like a very long Silence.
1: Yeah, it's kind of this vaguely homophobic silence from everybody and then which is super like, weird because the Muppets are should not be homophobic. As, as a line, they're pretty inherently queer friendly in my personal opinion so it's yeah. weird that they're kind of homophobic about
0: this. And then there's a pause and then he's like, what? Gender is fluid.
1: Which is weird because that also doesn't make sense in response to Pepe being bisexual. Yeah, that's basically like Pepe not
0: being into... really a gender thing that's a sexuality thing. Yeah. These are two separate subjects. It's,
1: it's weird. I get what they're going for. Is, the, yeah. I kind of like the frame of the concept of the joke, which is like a vaguely progressive, like, screw you. I can think dudes are hot, but they write it wrong. The so. execution
0: of it is just not good. Not good.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it's a bit weird. Uh, they managed to get Jess Groban onto the show. And it go, they're like also trying to hook them up because they think that that'll get the, her the date and it'll like make things go smoothly afterwards.
0: And it does, but uh, things go little too smoothly
1: one moment though (laughs) during the performance statler is positive about it and i just hated that because you're not they're not allowed to woot it's not allowed it's so out of character especially so early in the series he's not allowed to be happy about anything it's not it's not good anyways jay leno stuff starts happening after this which i don't know why it's just really bland
0: yeah the jay leno b plot is in theory it all should be Funny, like it's got a pretty decent setup for a solid episode-long setup and payoff, but It just, it's just so boring and played so kind of sad. The whole plot is he idolizes Jay Leno, so he steals a candy dish from his house, then he gets invited back.
1: When he steals the candy bit, he's like, oh, this is going to be the greatest day of my life. Jay Leno just called me his friend. I wish I had a souvenir. Yes. So he sneakily grabs a candy dish, takes his hat off, puts it on the top of his head and puts the hat back on, which is funny. That scene was
0: funny. If that had been the whole joke... That would have been great.
1: So he also repeats this, this whole, like, I wish I had a souvenir thing later when he's being invited back to tour on the show.
0: And then Jay goes to, like, get them some champagne to celebrate because he says yes. And then while he's gone, Fozzie, looking for a souvenir, tries to fit a, like, tiny bronze statue of a rooster under his hat, but it's too big.
1: Yes, and Jay Leno finds it. But I almost feel like this whole, I need a souvenir bit would be funnier, like, the opposite of the the fuzzy thing last time. I think this would be funnier if it happened more. If there were multiple times like he was in Jay Leno's car and he like steals his air freshener or like he was he meets Jay Leno like on set for some reason and he like I don't know like takes his handkerchief. If they meet up more than the two times and he has panic attacks about it every time in between, then it's escalating. Yeah. And it's getting more and more funny s- as opposed to this where it's like he barely escapes with his life from doing stupid thing and then he does The exact same stupid thing
0: I agree it does um It needs more escalation
1: Yeah so in the end uh, it turns out the candy Dish he stole and then broke was from George Carlin's house and Jay Leno had stole it when He was a young comic and then Jay Leno Is so upset about this that he just like Kicks Kapazi out but
0: like there's something about the Way that the whole scene is Played that like even when it's clear They're trying to deliver jokes It just feels kind of sad
1: Yeah it's not it's just not Very funny I don't know the stuff with the candy Candy or the Girl Scout cookies is that's funnier. Good. That's a good, yeah. That that whole thing. I is, is getting like, so desperate, and I've the think c funny.
0: plot of the episode is probably the most funny.
1: Again, I think it should get more escalatory. Because I think it would be funnier if, I don't know, he got in a fist fight with the other guy because of Girl Scout cookies, or if just, like, he was getting exceedingly desperate and, like, got on stage during a Josh Groban bit and, like, Mm -hmm. tried to sell them cookies. Like, that kind of crazy would be a little funnier, in my opinion, but the solution to the problem is so funny that I kind of like it anyways. There's a new puppet for the show that I'm very fond of.
0: The new puppet is very
1: good. The receptionist is a, like, big monster puppet, like a very tall one who has... Did you Do you remember that, like, fair game called, like, Big Bertha where you threw the, like, balls into the, like lady's mouth. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminds me of that shape because it's got that huge like open mouth and he's got this mouth that like opens and closes but also moves side to side when he talks and it's very good looking. Yeah, the bottom jaw
0: just <laughs> like moves wildly side to side while he's talking.
1: And no matter what he's like talking about he always sounds kind of angry and yeah, that's he,
0: funny. He always yells all the time which leads to a really good joke where the receptionist is giving Fozzie a message that Jay Leno wants to see him and he's screaming the whole time he's delivering the message and fozzy doesn't know whether it's because jay leno was angry when he left the message or this is just how the receptionist is talking to him and he tries to ask and the receptionist is just just like i don't take tone just messages
1: i don't judge tone i just take messages it's very funny and there's a bit where he eats like a box of girl scout cookies and that's funny Yep. Because of the way the mouth moves. I like this puppet. is a good puppet. The other line with Girl Scout cookies things, because they bought Girl Scout cookies from the wrong person, is, I don't get involved with office politics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I don't know. Just the way they deliver lines. Like, you don't want them as, like, a main character, but... This is the kind of stuff you use ensemble characters for. It's funny. Um, Josh Groban is great.
0: Yeah, Josh Groban really commits to the episode. He does great work.
1: He's very charming. So Josh Groban gets in a committed relationship with Miss Piggy and starts, like, making her a calmer, generally nicer human being, or pig person.
0: But also influencing the direction of the show so making changes to what types of guests that they take on and what type of material miss piggy talks about but it's all stuff that's like kind of heady and intellectual and miss piggy doesn't really know what she's talking about
1: yeah you see the problem here again is that she is in this series Dumb. Just like a complete, like, you. they bring her on an author and she's just really stupid. Like, I can get her being too self-absorbed. You could still do this same, she can't do heady material because she can't joke off of serious things in the way she normally does. That would be a good way of taking this. The episode goes badly because she's trying to, like, turn everything into a joke about herself out of something, like, way too serious to do that with. Like, if the book was about, like, global warming or something and she kept just, like, trying to make it about her glamorous lifestyle but instead it's just like she doesn't know how books work basically and that's bad
0: the joke they go with is that she doesn't understand the difference between nonfiction and fiction books and she's asking him where his where this author where his ideas come from and he's like well it's history so it's things that actually happened
1: yeah and also the fact that she's using such stock questions would imply that she has had authors on before which is a explicitly not the case in the show well they
0: make kind of a funny joke that works with miss piggy's character that kermit is complaining that he wanted her to interview an author a long time ago and she never even finished the book and miss piggy says that she got halfway through it and then kermit's like piggy she that author died five years ago.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, that's funny. That's
0: funny that, like, she's so self-absorbed that she couldn't read this book and didn't even know that the author died.
1: Yeah. that That's funny. That's fine. Anyways, the Josh Groban is making her more Josh Grobeny is the joke. Uh, at one it's... point in time, he nearly, like, gets into a fight with Kermit because Kermit's trying to, like, talk to Miss Piggy and she's having a massage.
0: Yes, there's a good visual joke where Kermit knocks on Miss Piggy's door and Josh Groban answers it in like a Chinese robe and Miss Piggy is getting a hot stone massage in the background.
1: There's also another celebrity cameo for like two seconds in this episode that's also (laughs) amazing. So the episode of Miss Piggy's show goes badly and Kermit's trying to find some way to resolve the problem, but he's like fed up after that fight with Josh Groban. So he goes to ride his golf cart angrily around the lot for a while um, to let off steam. And he almost hits Lawrence Fishburne.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And then after he almost hits Lawrence Fishburne, who... Yells about how... Crappy their show is Lawrence Fishburne turns around And drives back up beside him And he's like Kermit man I'm sorry About earlier I was just having A really rough night last night And Kermit's like oh I'm sorry what happened And he's like I watched your show And then he drives off
1: Lawrence Fishburne (laughs) is so dedicated Like he's so good in this he's very Funny and he completely goes for it Yeah yes that was great I, I would prefer everybody else Like all of the celebrity guests stars being weirdly mean to the Muppets that would be funny. That is funny yeah. (laughs) Like Josh Groban being like weirdly into Miss Piggy and trying to like subvert Kermit's relationship with her is funny Elizabeth Banks like kicking Scooter out of a golf cart is actually pretty funny but for some reason like uh, everyone's mean so it's not funny anymore. (laughs) Like
0: one of the defining things about the Muppets is that like the Muppets themselves are a community of weirdos Yeah, like they don't belong as individuals, but they belong together. That's, like, part of their whole ethos as an s- ensemble of characters. And this show just kind of flies in the face of that because they're always at each other's throats.
1: It's okay to have conflict within the Muppets. Lots of them are mean to each other consistently. Like, Rizzo is always kind of a bit of a jerk, but... Well, Dorf and Statler are mean to everybody. That's their whole thing. Yeah, but there's a there's a loving nature to it that I feel is kind of absent from at least these two episodes. Again, we yeah. don't know how it continues. The culmination of the Josh Groban bit is actually pretty cl- Clever and and pretty funny. Uh, where. Kermit finds out, realizes something about Miss Piggy, which again, this would be fine if it was about like better understanding the relationships between these two, these like characters. He realizes the only way to get her to give up something is to like feed into our ego. And so he like presents Miss Piggy with, because Josh Groban has been like so great for the show, a new like poster for the show on the back lot. Josh Groban presents up late with Miss Piggy and she like immediately dumps him. Yep, That's dumps funny. him,
0: fires him as a producer. And takes control of the show back.
1: Yeah, it does have this kind of, I'm gonna say, darkly comedic moment where it's just like a harsh reminder of sexism in late night shows how even in the Muppets universe Miss Piggy is the only woman with a late night show I I don't know if that was funny but it was certainly a a, a thing that I appreciated them saying so that was was better than the bear racism bit from last episode yeah that's more or less the two episodes we watched was there anything else you wanted to say about either of them? I
0: think we've covered pretty much everything general opinion, they're really rough, there's a handful of good jokes, but overall it just feels like a misunderstanding of the (laughs) Characters and a misrepresentation of them.
1: This show got kind of middling reviews when it was released. Uh, It's got like a 62 on meta. It's got a 64 on Rotten Tomatoes. So like, positive, but not great. I don't think it's aged very well. I don't think anyone going back would be like, yeah, this was what we needed because, eh. But a lot of people thought it was fine. Basically, nobody loved it. It's more or less what it came out. Uh, But the pilot that we saw wasn't the pilot. Originally, there was a 10-minute presentation put together for ABC, and that was a apparently so good it got a standing ovation from all of the executives wow so like the original pitch from this at very least from an executive standpoint they were sold on it it was fabulous for them and that 10 minute clip was on youtube um it is not anymore i tried to find it i could not track it down it was removed from everything so clearly they oh, don't no. they don't want it lying around whatever it was i don't I couldn't find very much information about it, and I wish we could see that. So the first creators of the show were Bill Prady and Bob Cushnel. Like they were the like executive producers who like started it. Bill Prady, do you do you know either of these names, Bill Prady or Bob Cushnel?
0: Bill Prady sounds familiar, but I'm not sure where from, and the other one I don't recognize.
1: So Bill Prady had actually tried to reboot them up it's a little bit earlier. Uh, he did some work on. Freigel Rock, and he did work on the Muppet Vision 3D, and he won an Emmy for uh, Muppets Celebrate Jim Henson, so he wasn't like a stranger to the Muppets. He'd worked with them before, but he is more commonly known as the co creator of The Big Bang Theory. Oh, no. Yeah, so we're not a big fan of The Big Bang Theory.
0: No, it's fine if you like it, but it's not a good show.
1: So I'm not surprised that coming from this guy, it's got some of that meanness to it, because The Big Bang Theory is also a really mean show. Yeah. Largely a a lot of the humor comes from, like, people being really mean to each other.
0: I mean, another show that doesn't seem to like its own characters.
1: And the characters don't seem to like each other. Yeah. Um, like, even romantic relationships don't like each other in mm-hmm. that show so it does kind of feel like that Bob Kushnell was uh, involved with Third Rock from the Sun and The Simpsons he was the main showrunner so for the episodes we watched he was the showrunner and then after the first six episodes they went on hiatus and they brought in a new person and this is why I think the next six episodes might be something I would have enjoyed more because the showrunner was Kirsten Newman who did uh, That 70 Show How I Met Your Mother and one of my favorite shows that only got two seasons? Gallivant. What? I know. Gallivant, if you guys haven't watched Gallivant, find and track down Gallivant, because Gallivant is great. And Gallivant is, I think, a good set of humor basis. If you worked on Gallivant, I feel like you can maybe shift into the Muppets, because it's a musical comedy series. I think
0: it has kind of a similar tone as you would want for someone doing a Muppets show. Like, it has that absurdity to it.
1: And that meta-ness, and it's... It's good. So we might have to do another two episodes about the halfway mark. Maybe we'll just do all of the episodes of the show in this weird fashion where we just watch it back and forth, like, throughout. The second half of the show apparently adds a little bit more serialization, so we might want to watch those in order, but apparently everything else is pretty, like, on its own. So we don't have to worry about it. This is the first Muppets show since Muppets Tonight ended in 98. So there was another TV show between the Muppets show and this that we'll have to look into a bit. Mm -hmm. I don't... I I never watched Muppets. Muppets Tonight, it was clearly before my time. I was born in 95, so I would have been three when this got canceled.
0: Yeah, I also don't think we watched uh, the Muppets TV so I just don't think we had the channels, to growing up.
1: Yeah, so it was... This was in the works. Like, this was a thing that lots of people wanted to have happen, and the concept was really well-liked by executives at the very least. So, you know, it was going to happen, and it happened. Yeah, They got a lot of people in on it. Like, people were excited. Um in development, they decided to omit characters that were quote, extremely anthropomorphic like dancing chickens and singing vegetables, which that's not what anthropomorphic means. Extremely anthropomorphic would mean things that looked more humanoid than they should. Yeah. fuzzy. But I get what they're saying.
0: I understand what they're going for and that is probably a good choice.
1: I don't know because I feel like it's back to the grounded problem versus the absurdity, right? Yeah, fair. Wouldn't it be funnier if Josh Groban goes to the catering table and the, like, cabbage yells at him?
0: (laughs) Okay, that would be funny.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Again, I think they were intentionally cutting down on the absurdity, and I don't know if that works, because I think the only thing that you can do to, like, elevate or make new the office mockumentary style with the Muppets is to have it be as Muppety as possible.
0: Yeah, I mean, it does kind of limit your imagination when you're cutting out Elements like that.
1: Also, who is Gonzo going to f***? If
0: not chickens, then who?
1: There was like a long time performer, Steve Whitmire, who used this show as an example of how the characters were like written wrong and that the long time performers that they just didn't have are the ones who know the show best. So people who really loved the Muppets often didn't like this show. Seems fair. Seems fair. Um, Also, there was a bit of a protest from One Million Moms, which they protest basically everything, at least in part, because they go to a bar sometimes and drink alcohol. See, I don't
0: have any problems with that.
1: Yeah, that's not a problem with me. That's they fine. Apparently in the later part of the season, they parody that because one million moms per show up and it's like three people. <laughs> See, that's a good that's meta a good joke. I do feel like that's the kind of thing. Although that's the kind of thing that an actual late night show might almost be better for. <laughs> but you can't... <laughs> yeah. It's hard to do Muppets on a short notice because... You know, Muppets. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The Muppets period. It's an interesting attempt to bring it to the new audience. There's parts of it. I like the premise. There's a great core idea there. I just don't think it's executed well.
0: Yeah, it really fumbles the execution. Like, it doesn't feel like the people writing this either, like, they didn't want to write a Muppet show or they didn't know how. So they just wrote the way they usually write right and it doesn't map onto those characters in the way that it would if you were just casting actors
1: yeah it's it's rough
0: it also does seem to lack a kind of energy and imagination when compared to the other stuff that we've done for this show like even the like variety christmas special that we watched Seem to have more heart to it.
1: Well, definitely had more heart. Heart is one of the things that's most missing from this, because again, it feels like everybody hates each other. I don't know. I, I hate to be so hard on it, but I do feel like this is a serious misstep, and I don't... I, I see why it, it. they didn't keep going with it, why it got cancelled. Which is a shame, because clearly celebrities and the world is on board for more Muppets content, especially, I think, on a television basis. I think people would be down for that. Clearly, they didn't have a hard time getting people like to guest star on it and like sure Disney sure as heck wouldn't have a hard time doing that now with their Marvel properties and everything and like by how often celebrities show up on Sesame Street alone so it's a shame that they kind of shot themselves in the foot because it could have been great I kind of hope they give it another shot maybe something for their streaming service
0: yeah there's a lot of wasted potential here
1: I would almost be okay if they just did straight up old school like Muppet Show interview sections with celebrities just to like advertise their new stuff at least use them like you have them use them for something that would be fun yeah i mean like disney is a horrifying cross-promotional monster that has eaten all media at least like use the muppets to like i don't know have miss piggy like hit on chris evans like i i would watch that have like the muppets do a game show where they put the four chrises against each other in some kind of a like battle royale i don't know
0: the chris games have like six men enter one man leaves i don't how many chrises we're including in this uh we can probably get up to six
1: i don't know (laughs) again There's things you could do with the Muppets. There's things you could have done with this show. Just wasn't funny.
0: (laughs) It's just kind of boring and like a little bit miserable. And occasionally there's a joke that lands, but there are half a dozen other ones a minute later.
1: I feel like I would rather have something fail because it's being too goofy and too over the top than because it's trying to ground itself.
0: That's the thing. Like Most of the time when you have comedy that is so rapid fire like they're doing in the show, it works because when you hit a bad joke, you move on to the next one so quickly that you forget if the previous one was bad. But that only works when the ratio of good to bad jokes is in favor of good jokes. Yep. If it's in favor of bad <coughs> jokes, it just highlights how badly delivered the rest of the jokes are once you hit a good one.
1: <laughs> it's also probably easier to do that when you've got human beings reacting off each other as opposed to Muppets, which is why maybe the human stuff tends to be funnier in this show?
0: Yeah, and I mean they're also not using the i think they're using a couple of the original performers but some of the like old standards are not doing their characters anymore under disney and that i think kind of shows
1: and they're not asking for their takes i don't think it's so much important that everybody always be the same as it is that you know how to do them yeah you take that advice and you consider it because yeah there's something distinctly off about a lot of the characters in this i wish there wasn't yeah like i want to like more than i did
0: i wanted to like it i remembered liking it and then we sat down and watched it and i just stared blankly at the tv and was like is this really the show that they made
1: yeah so that's a bit of a bummer do you remember what we're talking about next time
0: i don't have the schedule
1: (laughs) we might just jump to the last thing disney tried and see whether they were better suited at making movies and talk about the 2011 Muppets movie, uh, which advertised itself like a romantic comedy. So that's how we're justifying it. <laughs> if that's what we end up doing. Thanks for joining us. Nathan. Yes. In the dredges of the Muppet show. Do you think there was the rainbow connection? Do you think we found it? here in this unlikely of places
0: I saw but a glint of rainbow. We will have to follow it further.
1: Oh, okay. Someday we will find this. The Uh,
0: Rainbow Connection.
1: Thanks everybody for joining us Our intro and outro music is a cover of the Rainbow Connection by Alex Conwell.
0: You can find our show on Twitter at MuppetsPod and you can email us at MuppetsPod at gmail.com.
1: Our podcast can be found on Podbean and iTunes and And please like, give us reviews, share with your friends. We don't even know if anybody's listening to this, but it'd be super great if you told us you existed. Find me on Twitter at Kenzie Phoenix.
0: You can find me on Twitter at Bert Nerd Tram.
1: Oh, and I'm going to be on an episode of School of Movies coming up. I don't know when that's dropping.
0: Look for that. It'll be great.
1: Uh, See you next time (laughs) on the flip side of the rainbow. Good night, folks, or
0: good day, or whenever you listen to this. We'll see you on the other side of the rainbow. It's
1: time to shut the curtains. <laughs> it's just Let's time to turn, turn the off podcast voice. off. <laughs> Muppets on the Good Place. We Ted Danson and the Muppets. We though. need to
0: contact Michael, <laughs> Michael Shure. Michael Shore, please to save us. Hear this idea. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Michael Shore, please save us. Oh God! Actually, he would be good at, at directing a Muppets show. He did Parks oh my and Rec or Mark. Like, God, could you imagine?
0: man. <sighs> ABC should hire Michael Shore. Andy
1: Sandberg with Muppets. <sighs> Just Michael Shore. Just do a Michael Shore show, but with Muppets instead, please.
0: <laughs> Michael Shore. If you're listening (laughs) to this show, please hire Andy Samberg and Ted Danson and and put together a killer pitch for a Muppet show and go to ABC and make it. You can save this show.
1: I mean, you're busy with my other favorite TV show right now, but like maybe after.
0: Not if The Good Place is going to suffer because of it. Maybe wait until you're finished that.
1: Yeah. Anyway. Anyways.